Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Couch Rotato Podcast. We are finishing up our month-long tribute to all things scary with an all-time classic. That's right, boys and girls. We are doing John Carpenter's 1978 horror classic Halloween. And to commemorate the occasion, we've got a very special guest joining the show for the first time, and hopefully not the last, our good friend Matt. Bass player from the up-and-coming metal band Faith and Failure is going to join me and producer Adam to talk about this masterpiece of horror. So, after the trailer, the Couch Potato Podcast presents to you Halloween. The one, the only, the classic Halloween. I think he'll come back. Halloween, the night he came home. Rated R. All right, joined by producer Adam and a first-time guest on the show, the bass player for the hot up-and-coming, I guess up-and-coming is not the right word. You guys are pretty hot right now. Uh, <laughs> our good friend, Matt Keaton, Matt, what's going on, man? Not much, man. How are you? Good. Thank I, you for having me on here. Uh, no problem. I just realized I flubbed your fucking intro. <laughs> the greatest uh, no, bass player in the rock and roll world since, uh, Getty Lee. Ooh, um, that's a compliment. Uh, yeah, John Paul Jones. Ooh, I'm showing one. my age. Cliff, like, yeah, I'd say a modern day Cliff Burton. <laughs> Ooh, Matt well, that's, Keaton. That's... That's some big shoes to fill. Well, you're, you're filling them well, my friend. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, we have <laughs> gathered today to uh, discuss a uh, movie that we all enjoy, uh, John Carpenter's 1978 Halloween classic, Halloween. And uh, for those of you that have not seen this, I don't know what your problem is. This movie is so old, it's almost ready to go on Social Security. But uh, if you want to know what the fuck this movie is about... Uh, 15 years after murdering his sister on Halloween night, 1963, Michael Myers escapes from a mental hospital and returns to the small town of Haddonfield, Illinois to kill again. Pretty self-explanatory. Pretty simple premise. Um, so I wanted to ask you guys, uh, first time seeing this movie, Matt, uh, since you're our first time guest, I'll lead off with you. What was your uh, first experience with Halloween? Um, I remember I was... <sighs> I'm pretty, yeah, I was a, from what I remember, I was a teenager. Um, couldn't tell you exactly how old. Um, but I remember watching it and I wasn't quite sure what was happening until you, you first see Michael kind of come on um, the screen and his you know, infamous white mask and everything. And I was like, oh, this is kind of scary. This is pretty creepy because he's not saying anything. He's not doing anything. He's moving you know, slow and, 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 and kind of, yeah, just very uh, intimidating. But I was so enthralled by watching it, I had to keep going. And then I found out that there were more movies. And I was like, well, I've got quite a bit of uh, of library to go through here. But yeah, I remember watching it, and I was just so captivated by this guy who was on the screen that wasn't saying a word, but somehow was still able to catch your attention uh, and everything that he was doing. So, Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I kind of wish that I would have known you back then because I could have saved you a lot, of, uh, a lot of time by just, like, skipping a bunch of those Halloween movies. <laughs> Right, make recommendations and <laughs> yeah, just check out these. You'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, Adam, what about you, man? What was your first exposure to Halloween? Uh, my first exposure to Halloween was uh, on TV. 
like most movies around that era. Um, I uh, remember watching it, I think it was at my grandparents' house. I'm not too sure. But it being on TV, they cut out all the best parts. Um, well, did, but I, did you get the, uh, the added scenes to it? Because I know when I was researching this, they added uh, some extra scenes to fill TV time, and I have never seen that version of it. No, I don't think I, I remember seeing that version either. Really? Yeah, maybe it was uh, like a TV special or something they had on. I but, don't know. I, I've never seen that. Well, I think they just, because the movie is like, what, like an hour and a half, I think, at the most. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. yeah, they added some, like when I was researching this, they added some scenes that really didn't add a whole lot to the movie itself, but they just put them in there to kind of fill TV time. And I've never seen that version of it. And I guess now Neither you can't I. even find... You can't even find any additions with that in there. It's strictly the theatrical release now. So I was just kind of curious to see mm. if you'd seen it. Nope, haven't seen that one. But uh, I did get to watch the uh, glorious edited version on TV, and then I decided, you know, I'm going to watch this uh, the right way. And I think it was around the time that DVD was out. It wasn't Blu-ray or anything yet. I was like, I'm going to get a DVD of this and watch it the right way. So, yeah, so uh, Grandma didn't have to try to cover your eyes for the uh, Linda and Bob scene. Right. Right. <laughs> or maybe she's like, you know what, Adam, you're going to learn about it eventually. Anyways, just go ahead. <laughs> what he's doing right now oh, is they're making a baby. Right. Interesting story. How I learned about the birds and the bees was how it, no, no, it's no Halloween. <laughs> it's like grandma do does like after he's done, does he get killed? And <laughs> if that doesn't scare you off from sex, I don't know what would. It's like a praying mantis thing. Like, what's going on here? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like Michael Myers just standing over you, waiting for you to be done. <laughs> yeah. And he's going to grab your glasses, too, if you wear glasses. Of course. Uh, I know for me, like, I seen this as a kid. Um, it was, like, probably one of the 10 VHS tapes. I know I'm showing my age that we had at my house. And my mom scared shitless of the mask. But uh, she was enough of a trooper to watch that movie with us, anyways. But yeah, like I had uh, a replica mask on a uh, a mannequin head, and when I got married, I left it at home, and I said, "When I get back from my honeymoon, I'm going to go grab it." And uh, I got back, went to my mom's house, looked for that mask, and it mysteriously disappeared. She said, no. "Oh, you must have taken it with you and lost it." Well, she came clean like five years later, said she threw it away. <laughs> and yes, you tried to blame you for it. How about that? Yeah. But uh yeah, I mean, like I I fucking loved it when I seen it as a kid. Uh I think what I liked about M- Michael Myers is you kind of don't like most of the notorious like slasher uh villains, you they kind of know the premise of why they're doing what they're doing. Michael Myers, you really don't at first. You just kind of mm-hmm. like it's just this relentless killing machine and that kind of made him cool to me. I might have a hot take uh, on that a little bit later on. Okay, as long as you're not shitting on it, dude, because we've had enough episodes this month of people shitting on beloved movies of mine. Um, well, I do have a question for you, gentlemen. Um, a lot of people consider this to be, at least on their Mount Rushmore of horror movies. Uh, for me personally, this is, to me, my favorite horror movie of all time. Uh, but I wanted to get your guys' uh, take on it first. Uh 
greatest horror movie of all time, top five, Mount Rushmore at least. Uh, what do you guys think? Um, top five. Yeah, for I would, sure. I would definitely say top five. Definitely one of the most iconic or uh, like horror Halloween slasher movies to ever exist. Yeah, like what do you guys think the way you do, just out of curiosity? Um, I think that uh, this movie does a lot more for um, the slasher genre than uh, a lot of people give it credit for. I mean, I know it's it's like, you know, the granddaddy of, of slasher films, uh, at least modern ones, um, but... Um, I think that uh, just the premise is so much different than um, the modern slasher movies. Um, it it uh, takes into account like your fear of the unknown. And I really, really like that because a lot of um, modern slasher movies, like you said before, this isn't my hot take, but uh, they'll explain to you the killer's motivations and there will be this big intricate story this one doesn't have that it's it's simplistic and it's scary and that's what i like about it yeah what about you man yeah as i say kind of uh bouncing off what um adam said like I, I think it's it's kind of like at least for me it's kind of like um it develops in a way similar to like what alien did where it, it actually has a lot of you know development behind it but all like but then there's this killer that doesn't make a noise uh, typically he said he doesn't talk. He doesn't call anything out. He's just there and he's always watching you. Um, so you never like when you're watching the movie, there's no real, um, there's no real like jump scare person. I mean, there are, but like, there's not you know, like what you see in a lot of modern horror movies. Um, and one thing that I, that I notice a lot in a lot of modern horror movies is you'll always know when something's going to happen because they're playing some sort of music or there's some sort of suspenseful thing or you'll hear a buildup. But in watching that movie, it's just things just kind of happened. But there's always this creepy dude in a white mask that's just stalking you around every corner. And it's I can't say it's completely believable, but it almost kind of is, which I think adds to more of the horror element as this crazy guy that's going around a neighborhood, you know, stalking babysitters and killing them and all that with no real premise. Mm. He's just doing it. Yeah, I always thought that just they really, like you said, like they really create like it's not so much jump scares; it's just it's suspense that they create. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's like you said, it just lacks in uh, horror movies nowadays. It's like you said, like you automatically know what's going to happen before it happens. It's got a heavy tension to it, which you don't really see a lot of in, in a lot of modern day horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I also yeah. I consider it probably the greatest uh, horror movie of all time because I think. For me, it ushered in like probably the most popular era of horror movies is the slasher from the 80s. I mean, eventually it killed itself out, but mm-hmm. I mean, it has so yeah. many imitations, so many creations like Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Chucky, all those guys come out of what Halloween started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good stuff, guys. Um, I know uh, for me personally, though, yeah, like this movie gets watched every year. I don't know. Is it a Halloween tradition for you fellas? Yeah, yeah, I would say it's a pretty uh, big Halloween tradition, for sure. Yeah, so yeah, same for me. Um, I tend to watch, uh, or at least we try to watch a lot of the, like you said, like a lot of the iconic ones like Halloween, Friday the 13th, uh, Chucky, a lot of those. And But Halloween typically uh, gets put in the, the mix at least every year. I notice AMC now does kind of like what TBS does with a Christmas story. They play the Halloween movies pretty much mm-hmm. Halloween night which I was telling you guys beforehand, yeah, it was on last night, 
And then this morning when I woke up, Halloween was ending. <laughs> and it used yeah, to be like... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I say the thing that drives me nuts is they don't always play them in order. I don't know if you've ever noticed, like they'll play them in completely random order, and it drives me nuts. They have it on shuffle. <laughs> yeah. 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 Last night they had one, two, and then it jumped to like six, and I think five was on after that. Like, wait a minute, guys, come yeah, on. Like, Who's... Come on. AMC. <laughs> AMC owns Shutter. Shutter is a fantastic horror streaming site. Like, have Joe Bob Briggs just fucking program it or something. Um, all right. Well, uh, if you guys are ready, we'll jump into the categories here. I'm curious to get your thoughts on some of these. Uh, before we begin, the tale of the tape. Halloween was released on October the 25th, 1978. This stars Jamie Lee Curtis, Donald Pleasance, PJ Souls, and Nancy Loomis. Directed, of course, by John Carpenter. A Rotten Tomatoes score of 96% from critics and an 89% audience score. This movie has grossed $70 million on a $325,000 budget. Wow. Um, and adjusted for inflation, uh, that $70 million would actually be $225 million. Damn. Uh, this movie was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress. And you can currently watch Halloween on AMC+. Plus. So, good stuff. Um, yeah. Matt, uh, we like to begin the each episode. We uh, like to give the listeners some tidbits, some interesting facts about the movie, the behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, did you know is what we call this category. Um, two masks were considered for the Michael Myers character. One was a Don Post Emmett Kelly ma- clown mask, who I don't know who either one of those people are. I'm not familiar. Adam, you're the know. smartest. You're you're the smart one between the two of us. Who is Don Post or Emmett Kelly? I have no idea. All right, cool. Um, they added frizzy red hair to it. Um, apparently, that kind of creeped out the producers. But then uh, they found a William Shatner mask at a Hollywood Boulevard uh, costume shop. Paid two bucks for it. Uh, ripped the eyebrows off and spray painted it white. And boom, a legend was born. Mm-hmm. John Carpenter considered the casting of Jamie Lee Curtis as his ultimate tribute to Alfred Hitchcock. And I don't know if you guys know this. I'm sure you do. You both are film fanatics just like I am. Uh, Jamie Lee's mom, Janet Lee, was in Psycho. She's the lady who gets killed in the the shower. Mm -hmm. And the Samuel Loomis character is a nod to the Sam Loomis character in Psycho as well. That I did not know. That's cool. Uh, I've only seen Psycho like maybe twice. I know that's... Some people might frown upon that, but I think, I don't know, like, I have to be in a mood to watch that movie. Yeah. I just can't, like, oh, hey, let's watch Psycho tonight. (laughs) Dennis Quaid, who was dating PJ Souls, who plays the Linda character, at the time of filming was supposed to play Bob, but was unable to do so due to filming another project. That would have, I'm sure he would have been chomping at the bit for the scene before he gets killed. Um, the original title for this movie was The Babysitter Killers. It was supposed to take place over several days, but due to a limited budget, the script was reworked to have the film take place on Halloween night, which Carpenter said is the scariest day of the year. And, man, guy knows his stuff. I, I, I don't think this movie works if it's over a week. No. 
that's part of the suspense thing. I, I think part of it too is because it is such a, a short time frame. Yeah. Cause like, I think, yeah, yeah he, you kind of turn him into like, he's not a monster. He becomes a serial killer at that point, which mm-hmm. I mean he is, but like, I don't know. Like I think him just being like going on this killing spree over a night just kind of makes him more scary. I think. Yeah. There's no sense of uh, urgency to try and, and get rid of him. Yeah, and plus we know uh, by the the brilliant police work of Sheriff Beckett and Donald Loomis, or Sam Loomis, that they're not exactly the greatest detectives either. Um, Of the film's $300,000 budget, half was spent on the Panavision cameras to give the movie the 2 by 35 by one scope, which uh, really comes into play on some of the scenes, especially the scene when uh, Jamie Lee thinks that uh, she's gotten rid of uh, Michael Myers, and like he kind of just appears in the mm-hmm. in the darkness. Like when the, I know they used to show that on TV. If there's old tube TVs, it loses its effect because all you see is Jamie Lee. Then it pans over to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they spent half the budget on the cameras, twenty thousand dollars for Donald Pleasant's salary, and another eight thousand dollars to pay Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, this one I found to be very cool, and I'm kind of curious to see how this would have turned out. Both Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing were both offered the mm. role of Sam Loomis, but both turned it down because of the low pay. Lee would later say that that was the biggest regret of his entire career. No. I can, I can see that. Yeah, definitely. Peter Cushing, though, I think he was kind of like had that big dick energy because he was just coming off Star Wars. So he like, I think he felt like I'm I'm worth more than twenty grand. Did you know who I am? But I'm Grandma Tarkin. Didn't damn think it. that during. He probably didn't think that during the filming of Star Wars, though. Nobody did. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I'm just. He's probably like just one of those British actors. Like, all right, I'm just doing this for a paycheck. I gotta, I gotta get my kids through school. I'll just take it. Um. Since the movie was shot out of sequence, John Carpenter created a fear meter for Jamie Lee Curtis, which would help her know how scared to be during a particular scene. Yeah. And then uh, the last one I had, uh, my wife kind of tipped me off to this one. Uh, The character of Lindsay Wallace, the girl that Annie Beckett is babysitting, is played by Kyle Richards, who would later go on to be famous for being one of the stars of the trashy reality show, The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. That's interesting. Okay. It's not really, That's but... Interesting. <laughs> I don't know if uh, either one of you guys' uh, wives watch those shows, but those shows are fucking horrible. No, no, no my wife does not. Good. Uh, my <laughs> wife watches... They apparently have... They, just pockets of the United States devoted to some of these shows, and she watches like four or five of them, and they're just fucking horrible. The Mark no, Scorsese... Wife. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I'm sorry, sorry, yeah. No, my wife and I watch, you know, comedies and, and horror movies, but never, ever have we ever had the desire to watch The Real Housewives. Count yourself lucky, man. I mean, my <laughs> yeah. wife and I watch a lot of that same stuff, too, but yeah, she just... I don't know. I guess that's her uh, guilty pleasure. <laughs> rough, rough. Uh, the Martin Scorsese. This is Cinema Award for the best scene of the movie. Uh, Adam, I'll lead off with you. Uh, what do you think is the best scene, or at least your favorite scene from Halloween? I, 
I like the uh, the climax. It just it's uh, it's so rewarding and then so ambiguous at the end too, which John Carpenter apparently likes to do. <laughs> right. And that's it's honestly just the the payoff from the entire uh, movie being so suspenseful, and then um, you get uh, you you think you know Michael Myers is gone and you're safe, but then you're not. <laughs> Yeah, the movie's kind of a yeah. slow burn up until that last 20 minutes, and then it just goes from, like, zero yeah. to 100. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, what about you, Matt? What's your favorite scene of the movie? Um, I mean, probably is... there's. I mean, there's two, I think, that I like, if I'm allowed to pick two. Well, um, we always do an, do an honorable mention. Okay. So, like, right. you can so pick I'll, your I'll favorite, like, an honorable mention. Yeah. So, what's your uh, favorite thing you give us your honorable mention? The because only because it, it has stuck with me ever since I very first saw the movie. But it was the scene where he was, um, like the infamous scene where he's like halfway out from behind the bush and he's just watching wow. like down the street. Ever since I saw that, that like put this weird, like you know, fear in me as a kid, like walking down the street. I'm like, God, there's gonna be some creepy dude with a white mask watching me from behind a bush somewhere, dude. Like, what not happened to me today. Not, not that, but yeah, I've always felt like that. Whenever I see like those giant bushes, I always have that. Yeah. Like, is there somebody behind there? Thanks with you, and you're like, it's because of this movie. Uh huh. Yep. Um, is that your favorite scene, or that's probably my favorite scene? Yeah, I'll oh, say the honorable. Cool. But uh, what's well, the what's the honorable mention? We you can go ahead. I'll, it's whenever uh, um, it's towards the end of the movie when Jamie Lee Curtis is in the closet. And he's like bashing through the the door, and he's got his knife, and he's just aimlessly swinging it around the closet. Because um, that again, that it, it you know, as a child, that kind of sticks with you, and you're like, well, I'm never going to go in my closet ever again for any reason. So yeah, you think you think you're safe in the closet, in the yeah. closet, under the bed, under the covers, but yeah, no, not this time. Well, what no. I found to be like really interesting about that sequence too is she opens up like the window to make it look like she went out the window. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To think yeah. like, and then like, he's like, oh no, I'm not falling for this shit. And just like yeah. fucking just starts ripping into that, that closet, which that by the way, yeah. I've been to some houses that have that real flimsy, like the shutter style door. Mm-hmm. I don't trust mm-hmm. them. No, my, my uh, grandparents house have that. They have a closet. that has got that. And I'm like, yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. I'm not going in there. Sorry, grandma. <laughs> you can get your own damn shoes. <laughs> Um, well, what we like to do here on the show, Matt, is like we uh, we take all the the answers and we try to give the award, uh, not real awards. We're trying to work on something to like to mail to these people, but they're really weird about giving us like personal addresses and stuff. So we haven't been able to do much with it yet. Um, but uh, we try to give out like the award for the best whatever of the category. Um, best scene in the movie. Uh, mine is also the fe- like the last twenty minutes. It's just from everything, from uh, the minute she, uh, and the scene that really gets me is when she's trying to get back into the house after she's been across the street, mm-hmm. and she can't get in, mm-hmm. and Michael Myers is just, like, methodically walking towards her. Yeah. To this day, like, I still, like, last night when I was watching it, I just kind of, like, got up, sat up in my seat, like, fuck, he's going to get her. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those, like, when you see, like, it moves, like, run, bitch, run. <laughs> you start talking at the screen like they can hear you. What are you doing? Yeah. Why'd you lose the fucking keys? You've got like bell bottom jeans on. I see those pockets, by the way. Those pockets look deep. She shouldn't have lost those keys. Nope. 
Um, but then, like, they even did something cool, which I had never seen in a horror movie prior to this. Like, things that were made before this. Uh, when Loomis shoots Michael Myers and he falls out the window, and then he comes mm-hmm. back and he's gone. Yeah. I had mm-hmm. never seen that, like, yeah. in anything prior to this. Yeah. Um, for me, though, like, it, I think that, like, the last 20 minutes are, like, the best part of the movie. Um, uh, I'm kind of inclined to go with that one as the winner of the category. I mean, Matt, you're... Yours are awesome. And I'm actually, when you said the bushes scene, I've got something later on that we need to talk about regarding that scene. Fair enough. But uh, I don't know. We in agreement the last 20 minutes? Last 20 minutes for me. Well, yeah, even Matt, your honorable mention is the closet scene, which is part of that last 20 minutes. Part of the last 20 minutes, yep. And it's, it's hard to break down, like, for me, one portion of that. It's just, like... There's so much we that like yeah, we like to cheat and say it's all of these scenes. It's just the whole 20 minutes. It's the whole 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yep, best scene in the movie is the last 20 minutes of the climax, as Adam said. Yeah. Um, we call this next award the Andy Dufresne, the Get Busy Living or Get Busy Dying Award for the best or most quotable line of the movie. Um, I'll go ahead and lead off with mine. I think it's actually Loomis's monologue where he's describing to Sheriff Beckett what kind of human being Michael Myers is. I was yeah, I, that's a pretty good one. I had prepared yeah. to do a Donald Pleasance impression. I kind of worked on it a little bit at work. Some people may have thought I was a little crazy, <laughs> but I just couldn't nail Donald Pleasance, so I'm not going to do it. But you can look oh, it up on YouTube. On. All right, I'll, I'll give it a shot. All right. All right, I got it written down here. I met him 15 years ago. I was told there was nothing left. No reason no conscience, no understanding, even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child, this blank, pale, emotionless face, and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. <laughs> I spent eight years trying to reach him, then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized what was living behind that boy's eyes was pure and simply evil. I don't know, like, like a scale, like, I, I give it a four. I would, I would five, give it a baby. Yeah. five, yeah. Okay, yeah. thanks, guys, I appreciate it. Now I'm going to quit my job and be a Donald Pleasance impersonator for the rest of my days. I'm going to Vegas, baby. Um, what about you, Adam? What's your uh, most quotable line from this movie? Um, I really like uh, the one that you did, but I also like um, – and death has come to your little town, Sheriff. I just, I don't know. It's just such a good one-liner. I also like, uh, what is it? Um, it's Halloween. Everyone's entitled to a good scare or something like that. He, uh, like Sheriff, that Sheriff Brackett's a little creepy mm-hmm, towards yeah. Lori and I. He says, hey, Lori. We're all entitled <laughs> to a little scare. I'm like, Sheriff, yeah. come on, dude. That's your <laughs> teenage daughter's best friend. Don't be getting fresh with her like that, dude. You're a, a lawman. Right. <laughs> uh, Matt, what about you, buddy? What's uh, your most quotable um, or favorite line of the movie? It's uh, I really like when um, Loomis says, um, what is it? he said, you must be ready for him. If you don't, it's your funeral. That's good. Yeah. yeah. I think that because that kind of like sums up the whole movie, and I, in my opinion, in that one little line, because that's literally what it is. Is like if you're not prepared, like, like you're done. Like he's gonna get, yeah, he's, gonna yeah, kill, yeah. he's gonna do whatever. Like you have to prepare yourself. Mm-hmm. 
I'm 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 giving it to that because that is a fucking yeah. cold blood line, and I would fucking like if someone told me that, I'm like, all right, Jen, sure kids, packed shit, we're going. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> We're moving out of this shit town. But I'm prepared to give it to that, too. That's that's an awesome line. Yeah. And it was a – I have a honorable mention that was a part of it, too. So, yeah. Nice job, Matt. You're you're yeah. a natural at this show. And, like, it's like we'll have to have you on again if we don't ruin your career. <laughs> well, this might be my new career. You never know. I might have found my calling. All, All right. right. <laughs> that's what we aim to do here is, like, if – you don't know what Let's you want to do in life yet. Me. We want you to be part of a real shitty podcast. All right. Uh, this next category is the, uh, we were calling this the, uh, the best line of the movie, but we felt it didn't work in that context. So uh, we decided to make this its own separate category. Uh, Matt, are you a fan of the Fast and Furious franchise? I'm, I'm going to say yes. Uh, I, I'm not proud of it, but I am. No, yes. no, dude. I am, I am in the same boat, and as a matter of fact, I think I just found the person I'm going to do some Fast and Furious movies with. Ooh, yes. <laughs> Please do. Um, we're calling this next category the Paul Walker, I said forget about a cuh award for most unintentionally hilarious or bad line of the movie. Um, mm. I have one. I don't... I don't think it's supposed to be funny, but it kind of cracks me up. But I don't know if you guys had anything that like kind of made you cringe or kind of laugh when you're not supposed to. Um, trying to I think here. I couldn't think of anything from this movie for this category, to be honest. I, I'll just throw mine out there, and it's not so much the line itself, but it's the response that a I'm guessing Doctor Loomis is in his 40s or 50s here. His reaction after he said it is when the kids try to go up to the Myers house and then he kind of hides in the bushes. He goes, hey, Lonnie, get your ass away from there. And then he kind of pulls back and he's just so proud of himself. They scared the shit out of these fucking kids. When there's a killer in the town, he just kind of seems to be very proud of himself for fucking with those kids. (laughs) So that's mine. I'm good with giving it to that because that's I'm gonna give it to that one. Yeah, because I never thought about that until you brought it up. Yeah, I don't. I I never really paid attention to it to it until I watched it uh, the other night, and I was like, man, like he's fucking like just full of himself that he fucked with these kids and they just took off running. <laughs> and I don't know if it's a distraction, like, hey, I need to get my mind off this for a minute. Uh, that there's a fucking killer on the loose, but I'm gonna fuck with these kids. Um, next award, we call this the McLovin. Uh, this is the best supporting or scene stealing performance of the movie. So it can't be Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, it can't be Donald Pleasant since they're featured in the movie too much, but somebody that might have a couple scenes, maybe like a line of dialogue, but just, they kind of stand out. So, um, I don't know, Adam, do you got a contender for this category? I really didn't have a contender for this category. And the reason being is because um, I don't like any of the other characters. I really don't. Like, there's nobody likable in this movie that stood out to me, honestly. Adam's kind of on to something there, too. Because, like, because it's, it's one of those things, like you said, like, the only characters you remember are the main characters and the main cast. And I, I don't think it's because, I mean, they are, you know, so good, but it's just, 
a lot of the other characters, in my opinion, and like Adams, like I think they're just somewhat forgettable, and I hate to say that. Yeah, and Adam, a lot of them die off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're disposable, literally, and just yeah. I'm glad you said that. I don't like uh, Annie or Linda either. Like the yeah. whole sequence where she's trying, like when he, uh, Michael Myers is standing in the ghost outfit, I like she's getting on my nerves. I'm like, dude, come on, just get this over with. Just kidding. Yeah. And Annie's kind of a kind of a bitch, especially to Lori. <laughs> yeah, 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 she is. I mean, I don't know if everybody has friends like this. I know I had friends like this that like. You grow up with them your entire life, and it's kind of like they're assholes, but they're your asshole. Like, since you've yeah. known them for so long, you've, like, you know, created this relationship with somebody. It's like you kind of overlook the fact they're a piece of shit human being. It's just like, it, yeah, I know he's a jerk, but he's my jerk. It's fine. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> I, I think it's kind of what yeah. Linda and Annie are to, to Lori. Um, yeah. my, my personal pick, though, Guy's only in here for like maybe two minutes, but when Loomis is going to uh, the Myers gravesite and that guy is telling the story, the guy runs the graveyard, mm. he starts telling this yeah. really fucking horrible story and then Loomis just cuts him off. I kind of wanted to hear the end of the story. Yeah, see, now we need uh, that's what they needed to cut into the movie for the TV. It, that, that's <laughs> the whole story. It's still in the, the TV spot. What about a spinoff idea? That guy, an anthology series where he just basically tells like these fucking really macabre stories about how people got buried in the Haddonfield Cemetery. Yep. I'm down for like a, a like episodic short series like on a streaming service. Just give me that. Just He's going to talk into the camera about how some dude died. And, yeah. <laughs> TikTok videos. I mean, that's where kids are going nowadays, TikTok. Yeah, just create like a yeah. couple-minute TikTok short. Yeah, like this it. guy right here, he was an ice cream man. He ran a soda shop at the edge of town, and he got sick and fed up one day, and he poisoned his entire family. <laughs> Put cyanide in the, uh, in the chocolate malts. <laughs> Found the family two weeks later after a neighbor noticed a horrible stench coming out of the basement. <laughs> And then there Perfect. you go, a whole episode right there. Yeah, TikTok yep. video, five minutes. Boom, million views. I also was going to give it to Nick Castle. He's the guy who plays Michael Myers in the suit. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. it wouldn't, yeah. I mean, he's not really doing much, but I mean, that's a, a pretty formidable uh, character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And plus, I don't As, know, he uh, just looks like he towers over everybody, so. As a friend of the show, uh, Mark would say he stands around a lot. It's uh, it's pretty cool. Well, no, yeah, a friend of the show, Mark would definitely though uh, shit on this entire movie. Like, well, you know, it's a good movie, but I think you give it too much credit. Yeah, but... and just proceed to shit on it for like ten minutes. Yeah, well, you know, at least Michael Myers stands around a lot, and it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, but I think you're right, though, man. There's just not a lot going on with, like, the supporting characters. I mean, yeah, uh, Sheriff Brackett kind of comes off as uh, creepy in the beginning, and then he kind of becomes inept later on. Yeah, I mean, probably one of the worst uh, law enforcement officials in cinema. Well, 
save those thoughts. I have a oh. category coming up for that. So I think let's just go ahead and give uh, the McLovin to the the guy that runs the cemetery. Yeah. Simply because I think we were on to something. Yeah, because, I mean, all the other characters are uh, just bleh. And yeah. I think that lends uh, to what I was saying earlier, like the the simplicity of the movie is what makes it great. So you don't really need a bunch of characters muddying up that. Yeah. Good call. All right, whatever your name is who runs the cemetery, he's probably dead now. That guy was like in his 60s when this movie came out. So we'll send uh, we'll send the McLovin to your family. <laughs> um, this next category, I really want to dive into this a little bit. Uh, we call this Unsolved Mysteries of the Movie. This is something that happens either like you're watching this and you're like, they never explain it, or you kind of wonder what happens after the events of the movie. Um, I'm just going to throw this out there. Uh, how the fuck does Michael Myers know how to drive? Damn it. <laughs> that was the one I was going to yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or that one, or a long, like to, to, to bounce off of that, like where did that car go? Like, did they ever explain, like, so he's just driving this car around, but then just disappears? Yeah, they don't. It's like the police officers are like not looking for the stolen vehicle, right? It's like a stolen it's not police car. Yeah, right. It's like not only is he driving it, but it it just it it's in one scene and then it's just gone forever. Nobody looks for it. Nobody tracks it down. You never see it again. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just wondering why why how no one's seen a Illinois like it, it's not like I know it's a government agency, isn't it? Like the mental institution system in Illinois. It has like a logo mm-hmm. on it. But yeah, it's like yeah. it's a brown like station wagon. Precursor to the Griswold family roadster, I believe. <laughs> um, but I I've tried, I spent half of my free time at work just trying to dissect how he knows how to drive. Yeah. It's never explained. He never does it again. I don't think in any of the other movies to my knowledge. Yeah, I think uh, going forward, if they reboot the series again, I think he's just going to take an Uber, which I need to know how the fuck he can master an iPhone, but we'll just get right. that when they do it. More models. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I tried. I The only thing I could figure is maybe his dad like, kind of put him, like, sat with him and kind of showed him a thing or two. But he was six when he killed his sister. And I don't think right. that's going to really stick yeah. with you. So to bounce off of what everyone else is saying, he drove the car. Where'd the car go? How did he know how to get back home? He was six. And then he was put in a mental institution. That's true. And he hadn't been anywhere else. You actually have to like go places and memorize where you're going to actually, you know, be able to, drive and direct yourself without a GPS. And he just manages to get back to what he knew. (laughs) So, Oh, there's my home. (laughs) He must've map quested it. (laughs) And I'm sure people listen to this show, like may or may not even know what I'm talking about, but uh, there was a thing before your phone where you had to print off directions and but this, yeah. oh, so more plot holes. How do you know how to use a computer? Right? <laughs> Fuck, we're just like, before we know it, we're going to boil this movie down to like, like, what were you fucking thinking? 
Like, why was he wearing that shade of like whatever? Like, you know? yeah, yeah. Like, is it like is it a certain blue that that mechanic shop had? Or like, yeah. where did he get those overalls? Did he kill a mechanic before he he got yeah, the Hatfield? <laughs> did he stop and get gas somewhere? How did he pay for the yeah. gas? Did he kill the the attendant at the gas station? But then again, how do you know how to pump the gas to put yeah. it in the car? And how? Yeah. Uh, what are the chances that that uh, those overalls were an exact fit? Yeah. 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 And why, if that if they fit him, the man that he took those from had to be a fairly big gentleman. I'm assuming he knows how to handle himself. Did he put up a right. fight? Yeah. <laughs> because you imagine going up to like like a BP and just seeing like Michael Myers pumping his gas, waving at you with a knife in his hand. Like, no. All right. <laughs> or what if like he, uh, he prepaid and like he put like, he, you know, like he gave him like 20 bucks and like he only used like $14. And he went back in. Like, can I get my six bucks back? I can just imagine him standing in the line at Speedway. And then he sees like a candy bar and he just grabs it. Like, yeah, I'm hungry. <laughs> Gotta go kill him later. Oh, you know what? If he would have bought a Snickers, I bet all these killings would have been completely avoidable because, like, he just needed the Snickers bar. He would have fed his hungry. Yeah. Well, Matt, here on the show, when we come up with, like, an unsolved mystery that we can't really figure out, we just uh, go with the old uh, answer of movie magic. Yes. Yep, it's movie magic. Yep. There was a, a line that I used to use with some of my friends that was just because movie. Yeah, like, there's no yeah. Little rhyme or reason. It's just because movie. And <laughs> yep. All right, we we're stealing that. Just so you know. Okay. Yeah, that's what we're gonna call it now. Just because movie. You said just because movie. Yeah. Just because, because movie. movie. All right, we're gonna name it after you. We, um, I do smell some crossover appeal though. Now that Universal owns the rights to Halloween, and Michael Myers does mm. how to drive, put him in the new Fast and Furious movie. Make him the villain. <laughs> Imagine Vin Diesel going up against Mike Myers. Well, you know what will happen in that the most outlandish thing. No, not 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 in that franchise. But what will happen is he'll be the villain in like there are ten, and then they said they're not making any more after this. But then they said that they were. He'll be the villain in like I don't know if they're calling it ten part two or what. But then like in the finale, he'll be part of Vin Diesel's family. And at the end of the movie, you're going to see like Vin Diesel and Han and uh, John Cena and uh, Tyrese and Ludacris and then Michael Myers all drinking a Corona at a backyard barbecue. But then one of them is going to have the curse of porn. Yeah. Unfortunately. I I thought of another plot hole that just kind of i don't know were there any like like trick-or-treaters yeah when uh annie or not annie but Lori's walking home they start trick-or-treat super early at haddonfield okay because i mean yeah they're kids out at like three o'clock those are the fucking go-getters yeah yeah and then um when he when he follows uh annie to uh, the Wallace house, you can start, you yeah. see a few of them walk past him as he's walking up towards the house. 
So yeah, you see some trick or treaters out okay. there. Okay, that's right, that's right. I remember now. I just thought about it. I was like, I was like, because even the scene, you know, over like you know, late in the evening or later in the evening or whatever, like it's dark out. I'm like, I don't think you see any trick or treaters on the street or anything. Yeah, I think that's why when Lori's banging on the next door neighbor's house to help her and they click on the light, which is a fucked up thing to do. I mean, like if someone's banging on your door, like pleading for help and they just like shut the light back off, like fuck her. Like she can deal with her own. But I think that's why they did that is because they thought like someone was playing like a, a Halloween trick on them. Yeah. But, uh, Awesome. Well, thanks for uh, giving us a new uh, new reason to like dissect movie mysteries now. Just just because movie. Because movie. Just because movie. Uh, this next category uh, we call this uh, the most nineteen seventy eight moment of the movie. So something okay. that uh, it's like a moment or something you see in the movie that can only be in nineteen seventy eight. Um, my contender is uh, Sheriff Brackett sideburns. For a government official, yeah, Th- those are some fucking button chops. Like I, I've had some pretty elaborate sideburn designs in my life, and I've never had anything like that. Those things, like he could almost be confused for Neil Young. Yeah, I, I, I was about to say the the hairstyles and the the uh, clothes they were wearing are just super seventies. Yeah. yeah, well. So, you know, at first, I had the the use of the rotary, like the phone where you had to like uh, take your finger in the number you mm-hmm. would dial and you had to do oh, it yeah. all the way down at first. I'm like, okay, that one. But then when I watched it again last night, I'm like, nope, it's got to be them fucking sideburns. <laughs> <laughs> Is it weird that my parents had a rotary phone as their main phone for a really long time? Nope. Uh, I remember dialing on a rotary phone all the time. My grandparents had a rotary phone up until probably 95. Okay. Just stubbornly refused to get a cordless phone like this. I was really embarrassed yeah. to like, uh, like if one of my friends need to use a phone, like, yeah, it's right over there. And it's, <laughs> they pick up this phone. It's like, like what the hell? My, my, <laughs> my son and I found that we were, uh, uh, during the pandemic, him and I started uh, getting into like collecting like sports cards, like baseball cards, football cards, and stuff. And we were uh, going through my mom's garage, and we found my grandparents' old rotary phone. And like, I had a hell of a time trying to explain to my son, like, yeah, at the time you used to have to do that to dial a phone number out. Now it's just like you're on a touch screen, but he's like, what's this? It's got nine numbers on it. Like, a son, that's how people used to call one another back in the day. And if you need a privacy, that's why the cord is like 70 feet. (laughs) You could literally take it to the end of the block. (laughs) Um, So we're just in agreement. Then just the the 70s hairstyles in general is the most 1978 thing. Yeah, this is, I guess, not the greatest movie to do this category with since it's so so old. But yeah, like what we'll do is like – Whatever year the movie's made, we'll just like try to find something that isn't a thing anymore. So that's yeah, where this like, category uh, comes from. Like Alien is a futuristic movie, but the uh, the command line prompts on the computers are definitely <laughs> like Windows DOS. Like, yeah. Well, when we did the thing a couple yeah. weeks ago, 
which you can hear on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Cheap plug of the show. Um, the computer system that they use to show the model of like how the alien or the you know affects people and like yeah, it's like that's very 1982. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, uh, I didn't get to say this during our uh, uh, fun facts section, but um, uh, that, that's the movie they're watching is the thing from another world, the uh, 51. Yeah, I noticed that. Uh, I. I didn't really put two and two together until after we had talked about the thing. And when Mm -hmm. I was doing the research, like usually when you look it up, uh, you get like the font of the movie. Yeah. And like, I see now, I was like, Oh fuck. That's the thing. Yep. That is, and and don't, don't condone me for it. That is one of the classic horror movies I have yet to see in my lifetime. Cause every. Because I always like see it in stores. I'm like, oh shit, I need to see that. And then I get home and completely forget about it. I'm like, oh, there's Halloween. Oh, there's Friday. like my brain just goes to those. But yeah. every time I see it in the store, I'm like, damn it, I need to see that. Um, no worries. Speaking of the thing, I have two hot takes for this. Okay. Well, uh, uh, Cole, friend of the show, uh, a couple weeks ago, he sh- he shit on every '80s movie except for the thing. <laughs> So that shows you how great that movie is. Is yeah, you definitely did check it out. Because I have a carpenter, like basically his Mount Rushmore is Escape from New York, Halloween, The Thing, and Big Trouble in Little China. Like those are the four. Like if I could only watch four John Carpenter movies for the rest of my life, those would be the four. Yeah, all good choices. Yeah, so, yeah, I think, uh, I don't have my show notes, but yeah, if you got uh, the cock or peacock to the common folk, um, you can watch it on there. So, readily available at your fingertips on the cock. Just put your fingers on the cock, select, type in the the thing, it'll be there. Get your thing on the cock. Yes. Watch the thing on the cock. Yeah. <laughs> on the streaming service, not like your actual yeah, like yeah, member. Yeah. Like that that'd be oh, we don't we don't want any will anything bad to happen to you. Um we'll Google search the thing on the cock and see what comes up. Yeah. <laughs> I stole that from I forget where I got that from, but I've kind of taken it as my own. It's like when you get like a like a stray animal. Like it belongs to somebody, like look, this dog's got a collar and it looks well kempt. We'll give it some food and it doesn't leave. And they're like, okay, well, it looks like you're staying here with me, fella. It's kind of what I've, I've done with that, the cock. I've taken the cock as my own. Now you got to name your next dog the cock. I don't it's, think it's that's cool. going to fly with two small children. I do not want my four-year-old daughter saying, come here, cock, come here. Um, this next category, uh, we are still trying to find a corporate sponsor for this category. We have reached out to Cracker Barrel. We've reached out to Applebee's, uh, Waffle House. Still have not heard back from them. I actually sent them a uh, message on their Facebook page. Have yet to hear anything back. Uh, but um, this week, we're going to go with the, the White Castle. Uh, presents Ooh, okay. the uh, hot off the skillet takes for your hottest take regarding this movie. So White Castle, if you hear us, listen to the show, 
Uh, we would love to have you sponsor this category. Uh, feel free to reach out. My email address, the show's email address is in the show description. Hit us up. We'd love to do business with you. Uh, what is, uh, Matt, do you have a hot take regarding this movie? Um, and we've covered pretty much everything. Come back to me on that one. Come okay, back to me on that Adam, one. I know you like you're chomping at the bit here to tell us your hot takes of, uh, regarding this. So, what do you have for us? My my hot takes are the uh, are the sliders with the extra onions and habanero cheese for this uh, White Castle hot take. You hear that? Um, you hear that White <laughs> Castle. <laughs> um, my first hot take is a simple one. Uh, so I'm going to start off with that. Um, and everybody's going to hate me for it. And I'm, I'm not, uh, degrading this movie whatsoever, Russ. So don't, don't think that I am. I like the thing better than I like Halloween. Well, I think you said that on the thing. I did. I did. But the reason being is, uh, I think, and this is the hot take. I think it is more suspenseful than Halloween. Oh, I mean, I'd agree with that because, uh, Matt, I know you haven't seen this yet, so earmuffs. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the thing is just, like, it cre- it's meant to create suspense, though, because you're, it's just a group of people. It's, mm-hmm. that's, it's just them. There's, like, no outside uh, forces or whatever. It's just that group of people inside right. of a remote location. So. Right. But I think that's what Halloween does best uh, horror-wise is Michael Myers standing around a lot creates the suspense of the movie. That's what the horror, that's the real horror of the movie. You kind of get a dopamine rush after you see everyone dead because that that's the payoff at the end of the suspense. I don't think you get that in the thing. I think that it just keeps building and building. So, yeah. That well, is my hot take for uh, the thing being better. Well, yeah, let's not, uh, let's not spoil the thing. Uh, Matt, homework yeah. assignment this weekend, <laughs> the thing. The thing, all right. Yeah, get back to us. Let us know what you think of it. I would actually really do would like to hear what you think of the thing. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm, I need to get around to watching it. I need to stop putting it off. It needs to be my next one for sure. Yeah. Um, my hot take is I think with this movie and how it created a franchise that not so much with us, but like with younger people that it kind of the sequels and the reboots have kind of like lessened the impact of this one. Mm -hmm. Well, I totally agree with that. I don't think that's a hot take at all. I think that is completely accurate. Yeah, because, I mean, like, I still think this is the, like, my favorite horror movie of all time, but when I talk to younger people about it, it's just like, eh. And yeah. they always they always go back to, like, oh, I've seen H2, like, H2O was the first, uh, first time I'd ever seen, like, a Michael Myers movie or Resurrection or even the newer ones. And they don't really yeah. go back to this. And I know some, like, younger people have a thing about watching anything made before a certain time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I think just how crappy a lot of those uh, sequels have been, like it just really lessens the impact of how substantial this is. I mean, it birthed 
like I said at the beginning, it birthed a whole a whole era of horror, which yeah. I mean basically it got to the point where there's so much of these slasher movies come out that eventually they killed the genre out and it took yeah. a movie spoofing all that to bring horror back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I mean I don't know if that's really a hot take, but that's that's all I could come up with. Because I mean, to me, the movie is pretty close to being a perfect horror movie for me. I prefer yeah. a suspenseful horror movie over uh-huh. like just jump scares and gore. Same, yeah. So, yeah, yeah maybe not really a hot take, but uh, Matt, I I really hope that you've got a good one here to get White Castle on board gonna... for us. I've got two. Okay. Um, now I think about it. In my opinion. I think H2O was painfully average. So it, in the whole entire franchise. And then the third installment season of the witch was a complete masterpiece. Oh dude. I dude, I, I said, love that movie. I do too. And that's, I think that's originally how these were supposed to be was like an anthology series. Like each movie was supposed mm-hmm. to be a different take, but Michael Myers became so popular that they had the, so I think two came out in was it eighty or seventy nine? I know it came out shortly. I think it was seventy nine. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Because it takes place yeah, like right after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I love Season of the Witch. Uh, shout out to my my homie Tom Atkins. <laughs> uh. I really hope to run into him at a convention at some point. I fucking love that dude. He made a movie called Night of the Creeps that I was introduced to, damn, about 10 years ago that like has become essential Halloween viewing for me. He says a, a fucking line that just cracks me up every time. I'm going to have to watch that. Yeah, it's, it's one of those good-bad movies. I love good-bad yeah. movies. Well, there, well, there's a reason we asked you on this show then, so... Uh, but yeah, like Halloween three is awesome. I think that was like really the last good one until they did that reboot so, was in 2018. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, not a hot take, but a perfect take. Yes. So well done. Uh, did you have another one or was that the only one you had? Those were the two. Yeah. I, I thought H2O was probably one of the most average or worst ones in the whole series. And, and, not a lot of people talk about it, but season or uh, season of the witch was amazing. I have noticed that that's starting to get a lot more love in the horror community of, in recent years. I've started to notice mm-hmm. more uh, fans of that coming out of the woodwork because I know yeah. it used to be like all oh, Halloween three psh, that movie sucks. It doesn't have Michael Myers in it. Yeah, and then, but now people are actually watching it for it being a movie and not being like, "Well, where's Michael Myers?" And like the movie is is amazing when you watch it as like as its own like you said as its own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe next Halloween we'll come back and do Halloween three. I will be on board for that. All right. I will send out the invitations here shortly. They'll be just like wedding invitations, except you open it up, and it'll be Tom Atkins' face. So it was like three D like pop up cards. Yeah, or that, or I'll send it with the red-blue 3D glasses, and you have to put them on before you read it. I do have uh, 
one more hot take. All uh, right. You're, you're trying to get White Castle on board. I love it. What's up? I, I am. Uh, so the Curse of Thorn, the whole um, reason why, you know, the killings take place, I think it's dumb. I think it's awful. Because before, like in this movie, in, in Halloween, you get Loomis saying, like, yeah, he's just evil. Those black eyes, he, he's just pure evil. That's why he's doing it. And I think that's way cooler than it being like a curse. Oh, he's meant to do it. That's stupid. <laughs> well, that was established in the later movies, wasn't it? It was. It was. Well, we, yeah, I don't, I don't even consider those as canon. Okay. Well, the way that the timeline jumps around, too, it's like, I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the newest Halloween, or like the new series of Halloween movies are supposed to be the direct sequels to the original. Yes. Yeah. So, outside of the, the Cunningham kid, I all, uh, that's usually the canon I'm, I'm rolling with. Yeah. Not, not no curses or any shit like that. It's just, yeah, the dude's fucking evil. Yep. That's so much cooler. Yep. He doesn't need a reason. He's just, is. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that's why I think it works so well is the fact that you're, you don't, yeah, he has no reasons. Like why, why is he doing this? And it just like, you always have that in the back of your head. Like, why, why is he going on this rampage? And it's, I think it makes it much more effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, we don't, we don't acknowledge anything from one, two, three, and then 18. All the other shit. I'll, they made it like Halloween 4. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Never heard of it. <laughs> H2O, that, that's water. That's you, not a movie. You, okay. made, that, you made that up. <laughs> All right, the uh, last category is the Hall of Fame section. We uh, create, like, a, a topic or some kind. Uh, and if we created a Couch Potato Podcast Hall of Fame, which uh, you can make that a reality. We do accept Apple Pay, Venmo, Cash App. We want to make this thing a living, breathing thing that you can walk into and visit all this stuff and see all this cool thing. So if you want to make that a reality, please... Hit us up on email. I'll send you all the info. You can make a cash donation. We will put a brick in the building with your name on it and your honor for your contribution. Please do so. Um, but we just uh, kind of come up with nifty little uh, categories or like ideas if they were to be a Couch Potato Podcast Hall of Fame. Would this particular idea go into it? So uh, first one is the uh, final girl in a horror movie. I would say Laurie Stroud is kind of like the Babe Ruth of the final girls. Yeah. The survivor. Yeah. I think it's, it's pretty much between her and then uh, Sydney Prescott scream. Yeah. I would agree with that too. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. They're the, they're the, they're a top of the, that category for sure. Uh, let's see. Um, Holiday-themed movies. You can also include Christmas movies, Easter movies, Arbor Day movies. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think this is a little bit lower uh, on the totem pole for how, uh, for um, holiday-themed movies because you're not really focused on the holiday that's taking place, even mm-hmm. though it's named after the holiday. Uh, you're more focused on uh, the crazy killer guy, but yeah. Well, I mean, I, th- I think, I think it, 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 it the the movie is synonymous with the holiday. I mean, like 
we've all said that we watch this during the season. Yeah. It's essential viewing. Mm-hmm. It is essential viewing, and it, it is a Halloween movie, and it happens, you know, the trick-or-treaters are out and, and having a good time during the movie, but what I'm saying is it doesn't focus on the holiday. Yeah. So it's it happens yeah. during the holiday. I guess it's kind of like Die Hard. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? So that's why I'm giving it to this, because Die Hard is a Christmas movie. This is a Halloween movie. It's it's literally named Halloween. It's just, it's not Halloween uh focused i don't know so you don't put it in like the esteemed category of like uh a christmas story or hop yeah but you okay yeah (laughs) and that's the only time i'll ever reference hop in in anything is on that that joke now what about you matt is this hall of fame holiday movie Oh yeah, I would say for sure. Yeah, um, I mean it, it's it's like you said, it's paved the way for a lot of the the slasher movies that we know today. Um, and I think and almost every one of them draws inspiration from this movie in some way, shape, or form. And uh, with it being like it, it, it's kind of like at least for me, it's kind of like watching, um, you know, like the Santa Claus on Christmas. Like it just fits the whole vibe of the whole holiday. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think that's really kind of like my take on like, I think Halloween should definitely be in that for yeah. sure. Um, inept elected officials. Uh, I have, um, I have uh, Sheriff Brackett and I have the mayor in Jaws as probably the two, two of the most inept government officials in movie history. This, this is what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, I would also go with the, um, uh, uh, EPA representative in Ghostbusters. Yeah, which he's pretty good. You can't listen to on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, like Sheriff Brackett, basically, like if what Loomis would, if I were Sheriff Brackett, Loomis tells me, like, dude, this guy is the epitome of fucking evil. Like, he is the devil incarnate. I'm doing like I'm calling the fucking National Guard. I'm shutting Halloween okay. trick or treat down. I don't care if it incites a panic or not, but it's he kind of like, oh, let's wait and see how this plays out. <laughs> kind of like the mayor in Jaws is like, you know what? I know there's a shark killing people out there, but God damn it, it's the Fourth of July, and this is a big, big money opportunity for this town. We need those summer dollars. That Kittner boy is a small sacrifice to get Main Street paved. Yeah, those are both pretty good ones. It is funny, though, too, because you mentioned um, uh, the sheriff. I'm just having, like, I'm just, like, recalling some of the stuff. Wasn't it, like, so, like, he reported, like, there was the theft of, like, somebody who stole the masks and everything. But, like, wasn't it, like, he said, like, it just happened or something like that. But... They show Michael earlier already having the mask, so I'm like, well, they the they said it happened three up? hours before. Yeah, it wouldn't be like the alarm would have been on for like hours or something until he was like investigating. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and his go-to is just like he blamed it on kids. Right. Yeah, like I really hope Sheriff Brackett did not win. I'm sure he probably retired. I mean, his daughter got fucking killed for crying out loud, but. I, I really hope he doesn't get reelected Sheriff of Haddonville because he's fucking horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, when you said the scene where Michael Myers is uh, in the behind the uh, the grass, the bushes. The bushes, yeah. 
movie characters used in popular internet memes. Because there's two oh, yeah. from Halloween. There's that one. It's usually meant to describe like somebody that's creeping on somebody. Mm-hmm. And then my personal favorite, I use this on uh, my social medias. It's when um, Jamie Lee Curtis is like scared to death and like she thinks Michael Myers is dead. But then you see the image of Michael Myers like in the in the shadows. <laughs> it's like my you know June, you know the year's half over and it sucks. And then like, but then it's like you've got the rest of the year. Like I know, uh, it's like oh, yeah. I think one's like oh, I think we're done with COVID. And then like it's uh, Michael Myers like new COVID variant. <laughs> I saw one where it was like, it was like Jamie and it said like, I think my therapy sessions are actually working. And then it was like <laughs> my sleep paralysis demon that's back behind me. Yeah. That one is fucking awesome. And I use it all the time. And then, yeah, I, I, I know that uh, he first popped up in the, uh, where he's hide behind the, like the bushes when it's like you're creeping on somebody or, you know, like you're kind of being stalkerish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'd say for sure. Because I really, I think he's, he's got at least two or three really good ones that have been used for him. I'm sure I'm probably missing like a ton, but. And I can't really think of any others. I mean, like, I can't think of any like from the Friday the 13th franchise or like the um, Nightmare on Elm Street or anything like that. Not off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, The only one that even movie characters in general, the only other one that comes to mind is, uh, the Ray Liotta laughing from Goodfellas when for anything like someone says something like so stupid that you have to laugh about it. Yeah. Or, um, uh, the, uh, the face that Willem Dafoe makes in the back of the car. That's another one too, is, uh, Willem Dafoe from Spider-Man. It's like, I'm somewhat of a blank myself. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I I would say so, just because like yeah. for me personally, I use the Michael Myers in the shadows quite a bit. Yeah, and uh, my last one, Adam. I really hope that you're uh, wearing sweatpants because I know you are a big, big proponent of movie scores, and we don't talk about them enough on the show. Uh, movie scores. Does Halloween yes. crack the Hall of Fame for that? Yes. But it's or let it's me probably top five. Let me spin it a little bit. Uh, a a character's theme because I think like top the five. the iconic like the that din, 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 that's I think Michael Myers' theme. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, like two or three note themes. Like you got Jaws. And then you got this. What other two or three note theme can you think of? It's well, I'm letting you take so the wheel on this. And Matt, you're a musician, <laughs> so you can definitely chime in on this. I have no area of expertise in this at all. Just like, oh, that sounds cool. Let's run with it. No, yeah, I, I mean, you're definitely right. Like, like every, I mean, I can't say everybody, but probably 98 percent of the human population 
who is anywhere, even if you've never seen the movie and you hear that song, you're like, I know who that, like, who that is the theme for. It's kind of, again, referring back to it because it's my other favorite franchise, but like Friday the 13th, it's not really music, but like that, like, if you hear that, you know that that's Jason. Like, you know that that is from that franchise. Or like Adam said too, like with Jaws, like the two note thing, like, it is definitely like you don't have to be a fan of the series or the movies to know where that's from. Right. And that speaks huge, huge volumes for the composers, um, for, you know, people like John Carpenter and everything like to create such an iconic soundtrack that almost everybody knows where it's from, like that there's not very many composers and, and artists and musicians out there that can do that. Yeah. And yeah. the score is almost as, if not as iconic as the movie itself. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it falls in like with you know like the Star Wars theme or anything like that. Like you may have never seen a movie, a Star Wars movie in your life, but if you hear that opening cutscene theme song, like you know exactly where that is from. Or even the Imperial um, March, like you like yeah. almost know like yeah, that's mm-hmm. Darth Vader. Yep, that's the exactly. thing is like to be a good uh, cinematic composer, you need to be good at theming and to weave those melodies uh, in what you're composing because. Uh, a certain uh, group of notes can make you feel a certain way and mm-hmm. make you associate uh, those groups of notes with like the Imperial March, Darth Vader. Like I associate that with Darth Vader. That's his theme, you know? And then if we are, you know, three movies down the line and there's something that alludes to Darth Vader and that plays, you immediately go there. And I think that when somebody is a good uh, composer for cinema, they are supposed to be good at theming music towards uh, whatever it is we're seeing on the screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I I took the opportunity. I know uh, you always love talking about the musical scores and that we have a musician as a guest. I thought it'd be a perfect segue. <laughs> I love talking about the scores in, in movies and stuff because um, the score of a movie can, I mean, outside of the acting and the plot, but like that's probably like the third biggest pillar uh, in any movie because mm-hmm. that can completely destroy the whole atmosphere, the whole tension, the whole everything of a scene just by playing the wrong song in the background. Yeah. I mean, even, even stuff like, like in the dark night, like it's, it's nothing over the top, but that creates the whole tension and the whole cinematic feel watching that movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, you've got Adam excited right now. Oh, Hans Zimmer is great. Love Hans yeah. Zimmer. I love Hans. Yeah. I, I love, I love, uh, of movie soundtracks for sure. Well, Adam, you'd be, uh, pleased to know that, uh, I, uh, when we, uh, start a new, the beginning of the year, uh, we're doing a, uh, a music category for the movies that we do. Okay. I'm down for that. I I know you are. (laughs) Well, guys, that's going to wrap it up. But uh, Matt, it was awesome having you on. I know we've talked about this for quite a long time. And uh, I know this episode got delayed a couple of times. Who would have thought that dressing up as John Cena for trick or treat and 40 degree weather would be a bad idea. Who would have thought? And then, uh, yeah, yeah, Adam, kids apparently don't like pasta with red sauce yeah just gonna toss their cookies yeah so we'll we'll aim to uh we'll make sure that uh, we get checked out by a physician before we ask you on the next time so we don't have to push it back (laughs) 
<laughs> and so I'm, I'm just, I'm happy to be here. I thank you guys for having me on. Hey, not a problem, man. Uh, well, you are definitely welcome back. Uh, if any movie comes to mind, you think it'd be cool to talk about? We are an open book here. We, uh, we do uh, anything except for the cinema of the Dutch. We will not touch Dutch cinema. <laughs> but uh, yeah, any anything else? Yeah, just shoot us a line. We'll be uh, thrilled to do it. So thanks for coming on, man. We really do appreciate it. Yeah, thank and you uh, again, before guys. we go, uh, anything you yeah. want to plug? Plug away. Um, of course, I'm obviously going to plug my band. Um, again, it's Faith in Failure. Um, you guys can check us out on all streaming platforms. Um, we do metalcore music. Um, so for fans of like Avenged Sevenfold or Ice Nine Kills uh, or Blackville Brides or Motionless and White, anything kind of in that genre, or that feel, you guys would definitely love our music. Um, we just released a new song uh, earlier this year. It's called Hero Part Two. So definitely be sure to check that out. Um, and again, I said thank you to anyone who supports us and any future fans that we may have. And uh, I will put in the show description a link to... Uh... You Spotify guys, you Apple, I mean, like mm-hmm. Spotify, your biggest. Spotify is probably, I think, where we get the most traffic for right. sure. But yes, yeah, so, I mean, anywhere, I mean, anywhere in the world you guys stream music, we are on. Yeah. Um, I'll put a link to uh, your guys' Spotify uh, page. That way uh, you can uh, check out all the awesome stuff they've got on there right now. Um, but yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, you're more than welcome back. Uh, hopefully, uh, people don't look at you in a different light after being on this show. Like, you lowered yourself to that, but okay. It's just jealousy if they do. All right. Well, hey, they're always welcome to come on too. So, <laughs> all right, guys. Well, um, before we go, uh, be sure to follow the show. We are on all social media platforms. We are on Facebook, Twitter, or X, or whatever the fuck it's called this week. We're on Instagram. We're on Threads. I am in the process of learning how to do TikTok videos, so we're going to start uploading TikToks here very soon. So we will be on TikTok soon. Shoot us an email. Let us know how awesome Matt was on the show, how horrible of a host I am, any show ideas, thoughts, whatever, you can email us at the show. Uh, Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you dug what we did here on the show, please feel free to leave us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. We would greatly appreciate it, and it helps support the show. So until next time, we will talk to you guys later.